The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, say good morning to John Tory Jr., pilot and airline industry expert, former Liberal MPP and mayoral candidate from Scarborough, Mitzi Hunter. And joining us for the first time is Jeff Rutledge, experienced communications and public affairs professional. Good to have you. Jeff, it's nice to meet you. It's, it's so funny that we onboard people here, and I can go years without ever actually meeting them in person. Well, it's a pleasure. I feel like I know you via Twitter at this point and, and years of listening. But uh, no, absolute pleasure to be on the on the show today. Good to have you. Okay, Mitzi Hunter, I'll start with you on the story of Parm Gill um, quitting Queen's Park and quitting the cabinet, I might add, to run federally. You may have heard Robert Benzie. The timing seems a little curious because it's not a by-election he's going to run in. He has to wait for the general. And in the meantime, I don't know what he's going to do, but that's not our concern. But what do you make of all this? Yeah, I, I, I did hear uh, Benzie uh, talking about that. And, you know, I, I think it's another cabinet minister from the Ford government that's jumping ship. And, you know, so I'm not sure what's going on there. And and it does open a by-election for potentially for the Liberals to pick up another seat, as as happened in Ottawa. And, uh, you know, this is a long, a long way away from another election for him to be resigning and to leaving that space open. So um, not sure, you know, why he didn't stick around and, um, you know, red tape reduction was supposed to be one of their priorities, uh, but it just didn't didn't do it for him. So he's he's going to go back federally. Okay, Jeff Rutledge, I'll turn to you on this one. And, you know, cabinet ministers leaving is sometimes a sign of trouble. Other times, I suspect maybe Monty McNaughton just decided eh, I'd rather work in the private sector. And the cynics are suggesting that uh, Parm Gill may be running federally so he can qualify for his pension. <laughs> I mean, life isn't exactly getting any more affordable. So maybe that is the case. But no, I think... Look, I think these decisions, they take time. I mean, Mitzi would know this. You know, these conversations happen with your family over over a period of time. And I don't I don't think you make them flippantly. Uh, I think they're relatively calculated. Look, Parm's coming from a good riding. Um, I think there's lots of time for the PCs to get themselves sorted there and, and, and uh, figure out a, a good candidate to run in this place. And for Parm's sake, I mean, former federal uh, uh, member of parliament and kind of knows the shtick as it is and, and I think uh, is well-placed to, uh, to represent the riding there. Okay, and there's so many angles to this, John Tory Jr. I'll let you take it in any direction, but worth noting, this does open up a riding that maybe Bonnie Crombie could run in. It, it gives Bonnie a place to run for sure, and I think I'm going to be less cynical than the others and just say I think maybe he was just happier doing that other job. It is very unusual for a cabinet minister to leave and seek another elected role like that, but I think he was probably happier as a federal member, and he and he's and he's done the tea leave calculation maybe on whether he's going to go any further in this cabinet. And uh, it's time to go. If if Crombie does decide to run in Milton, I will say I think based on the changing demographics and some of the federal uh, currents that are out there, I, I think she might have a tough road ahead of her. But it would be interesting to see if she elected to run up there. I know it's a little inside politics, but I really liked a column I read today in the Globe and Mail, and it effectively said that the Liberals and, and John Tory. I'll, I'll start with you on this one because I used an aviation metaphor in talking about yeah. this, that it's like when you're taking off in a plane and you reach the point where you must absolutely take off or you're just going to crash into something at the end of the runway. And that's what this columnist is saying about Justin Trudeau, that it's too late to get rid of Justin Trudeau. It's probably too late. I, you know, the metaphor is probably right that you're at some sort of point of no return or decision point. But the other reality I think they have at that level is 
they've allowed him to build this party around him, or they've been part of kind of tailoring this party around him. And as a result, even as they approach the 10 year mark, they don't seem to have anybody else waiting who could come in and give the conservatives a real run for the money or be part of a narrative change. So which means in effect, they're doubling down on the narrative by not having a succession plan. So I, yeah, I think, I think they might be past that point. I'm going to agree with the columnist here and say they're past that point of making a change and having it be effective. Mitzi Hunter, your thoughts. Well, I, I think he has successfully led the party to um, to, to the government, and and he still has um, the desire to to lead in another election, and and he's very very much um, getting ramped up to do that. Like some of the grumblings that you might hear amongst uh, caucus, it's it's pretty normal that you know they want to make sure that what what they're hearing locally gets up through to cabinet and to the the prime minister and and he's given them that time and so you know this is about continuing to govern and and doing all the hard work that you have to do while preparing for a next election, which is going to happen sometime in the future that we don't know exactly what that date is. Yeah, and you're right that there is a certain tidal narrative to politics. And so everybody was writing Justin Trudeau's obits, but there's a lot of runway if we want to continue with aviation metaphors. Maybe he does come back and like Jean Chrétien does it again. Jeff Rutledge. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're obviously doing that math right now, right? Like, I, you know, personally, I think he is uh, he is probably the best man to run against Donald Trump because I think that's what the next election is going to be about for the liberals. Right. Like that's where they're really trying to position it. So, um, you know, from from a functional perspective, I, I don't I don't see how they could get it done in time to, to get him replaced. And, you know, the the organism of the party is is really the Trudeau party. And, you know, to, to his credit, he gave a pretty spicy uh, uh, Christmas party speech and I think got people a little bit invigorated. But um, I think the train has left the station and uh, and folks are going to have to hold on. But if I was uh, if I was an MP from a uh, liberal MP from the Atlantic, I think I'd be a little bit concerned. I might be uh, hunting for a new job. Meanwhile, speaking of Trump, um, a big fan of his, Tucker Carlson, appeared at a very large event in Alberta on the weekend and actually just this week. Uh, Daniel Smith, the premier, appearing with him. Mitzi Hunter, I, I, I don't know what the charm of Tucker Carlson is. I think people forget that he cost his company almost a billion dollars and he's a failed broadcaster. Absolutely. I'm, I am so with you on that, John. Like he is a failed broadcaster looking for more clicks. And, and I don't I don't know why Daniel Smith, Premier Smith, would just give him all of that airtime and, and that space. And, you know, maybe maybe she's, you know, trying to um, acquiesce to that side of uh, of of her her the people who got her elected. Um, but I, I just thought it was in poor taste and the blowback is well-deserved. It's part of a, a trend, though, that Donald Trump has really championed, and that is to say really unpleasant things and then draw cheers from the crowd. And Jeff Rutledge, one of the things he did was suggest that Justin Trudeau is gay, and everyone thought that was hilarious. Look, I mean, when it comes to somebody, uh, a situation like this, I mean, really, the only people who are going to hold uh, Daniel Smith accountable on something like this is, the, is, is her voters. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's not a, it, it, well, I mean, personally, it's not a comment I would ever support or, or make. Yeah, I don't think that's the sort of thing you put out in the public. But look, I, I, like I said, I think the only people who are going to hold her accountable on this are the voters. And I spend my time trying to explain to people the differences in, in politics across this country. And, and there is a very real difference between Alberta politics and, and other provinces. So um, I guess we'll see at the next election.
Yeah, John Tory Jr. I just I I guess I find people like um, Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump, and various others. A lot of talk radio and a lot of uh, cable television in the states corrosive, and they keep on moving the curve of or, or the circle of decency, really, and their fans lap it up. I think because it's part of this overall trend we have of taking these media folks, media commentators and entertainers, no disrespect to our host here, and, and, but, and then holding them up as pseudo-political intellectuals who are masters of the political debate and of critical thought and policy thought and things like that. Like Tucker, Car Tucker Carlson is a twerpy failed broadcaster who killed the bow tie and then got his who lied so badly he got his company his his media company into litigious dangerous grounds and yet somehow he's being held up as one of the kind of you know the standards of the right it's it's by both his supporters and his opponents it's so bizarre i just want to can i just say yeah. um john like the, the corrosive comment i think it's, it's something that we have to guard against because you know this is creeping north into 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 canada in terms of these very extreme views and and we we don't want that here we don't want to have uh, you know more division and 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 you know these kind of um politics that that really divide people um along you know racial lines ethnic lines those types of things we need to have leaders that stand up and bring people together in this country uh, it turns out, according to the Toronto Sun, that police have racked up $7.5 million in overtime as a result of protests that have erupted all over the city since October 7th. Um, Jeff Rutledge, should we be indignant about the fact that public money has to be spent in order to keep the peace for troublemakers on a bridge? I mean, I guess the question here is, you know, what is the cost of doing nothing, right? Uh, you know, we saw the federal court decision this week out about, you know, expressing that police have the powers to, to, to keep the peace. And, and I think there's an expectation. I mean, certainly if you ask the residents, like my friend who lives just in the, in the area there by the bridge, uh, you know, is the seven and a half million dollars worth it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, having to having to uh, prevent uh, some Hamas sympathizers from from wandering around on a bridge and causing distraction, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty OK with the spend. But. You know, the reality is, I think we need to reflect on on as a, as a society is where is it OK to do this? What is it OK to do? And uh, and whether or not we're going to hold people who, who cross that line accountable for their actions. And, and you know, at seven and a half million dollars, uh, it's kind of the cost of living in a big city, too. OK. And Missy Hunter, I want to take advantage of the fact that you're here. Your base of operations has been Scarborough. So uh, do you join in the outrage that several people on our airwaves have about the uh, busway and how it's not going to be ready until 2027? John, I, I am leading that parade of saying Scarborough is once again being shortchanged. And, you know, this is completely unacceptable. I'd love to see the city really look more deeply. Uh, perhaps maybe the Scarborough subway levy has a little bit of, uh, of, of budget that can be used to accelerate this piece of infrastructure that is needed in the part of our city that represents 30% of our geography. 25% of our population and has some of the worst transit that, you know, you see across the city. It's just absolutely unacceptable. The RT, the SRT that was long past its, its uh, due date derailed. And so the investments that are needed to put better transit need to be forthcoming from the city. Thanks a lot for this. Mitzi Hunter, Jeff Rutledge and John Tory Jr. on round two. 
Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.